0: Hello, Mavenites, producer Million Steel on the microphone again here on the Lymphedema Mavens podcast, because we're continuing the series where I am interviewing the ladies one on one, because every program you get to hear them tell their stories to a degree, and then they interview guests where you hear their stories and we cover all kind of great topics. But I don't think that we've ever really gotten in depth with each of the ladies. And then on the last one, we interviewed Coach Christine, which was a phenomenal interview. Now on this one. I round up the other one, the big one, the tall one, as we call her here. Uh, on the last episode, Miss CJ, how are you, dear?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you, producer William?
0: Producer William, what did you call? Prince William.
1: I know Prince William. Anyway, <laughs> so it's
0: good to have you here. Thanks for sitting with me for this uh, episode.
1: My pleasure.
0: So let's take it back to the beginning. You've kind of been through a lot, huh? Yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> so walk us back to, um, well, let, let, let's take it like this. From okay. Before any of this happened and before any of the cancer or anything that came right. along, did you know what lymphedema was?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay. So how did it start to develop for you? What was like kind of the first uh, steps of everything? Um,
1: In 1979, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was 31, married with three children and a husband. And um, I had a lump that I found myself while on vacation in Chicago. So having worked at a hospital and worked with doctors every day, I had one of the physicians that I worked with to check the lump, and he immediately sent me over to see one of the surgeons who I happened to work with. And uh, he did a needle biopsy, and that biopsy came back highly suspicious for cancer cells, and um, they did a mastectomy in
0: 1979 okay and as Christine was telling us on, on the last recording of this that she had a waiver where it mentioned possible lymphedema did was that something that happened back then I don't recall
1: or? see you know back then and I feel like I'm really dating myself um back in that day in the 70s so the only women we had to look f- uh, for guidance would be Betty Ford and somebody else I can't remember right now who had breast cancer. And at that time, the protocol was the radical, which I had radical uh, mastectomy. They took a gaggle of lymph nodes, about 17, but there was no warning or nothing was told to me uh, about the possibility of developing (laughs) lymphedema. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: When did you start first noticing symptoms of what you was eventually come to know as lymphedema?
1: Oh, probably about six months after my surgery. My, my best friend said, your arm is swollen. I couldn't feel it because that part of my body was still numb. And being naive, um, just felt that there was, that's what it was. I didn't really pay much attention to it. But in retrospect, when I look at pictures that were taking of me at that time, I did see the swelling in my arm, but not in my hand.
0: And like we said, back in those days, a little mm-hmm. different, um, lymphedema even was less well known than it is today. So, how long before you actually found out a name for this thing or what did you do in the interim to treat it? How did how did it all come together?
1: Well, nothing until I want to say uh, 1990 one morning I got up and my hand was swollen. I didn't know what it was what it was, so I wrapped it in a bandage, but I did make an appointment to see the surgeon and he had st- he told me at that time I had lymphedema, but he really didn't explain it to me. He just said, before he told me I had lymphedema, he asked me, did you cut yourself? And I go, no. He says, well, I'm going to put you on Keflex. I hate that stuff. Yuck.
0: Now, for the audience, yeah. what is Keflex?
1: Um, very strong antibiotic. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. And And um, I vaguely remember, you know, it was so long ago. So I'm going to really have to stretch my memory here. I remember being put in some kind of pump deal, but he did not tell me to get a sleeve or anything like that. He just told me to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't recall after that time that anything other than that was done for me.
0: What were, now obviously being diagnosed with cancer, Mm -hmm. it takes a toll on you, not Mm -hmm. not only physically but emotionally, but when you found out the lymphedema part, like what was your thoughts, what was your emotions, what were you feeling at that time?
1: You know, I I can't remember what I felt. I mean, my hand was swollen, and I wrapped it in, in the in the uh, Ace bandage, and then I just ignored it. I, um, you know, it's kind of like being when you're abused, and you put the shield around yourself so that you just have this protection, and so I, I was shielded myself from it. I just didn't really think. And it, at that time, even though my hand was swollen, it was still minimal. So, you know, I just dealt with it and live with it.
0: So these days you've become quite the advocate for this and you know a lot about the illness. What was the, um, the watershed moment when you kind of were ignoring it to where you said, okay, there's something serious. I got to start paying attention to what, what kind of triggered where you are now?
1: Um, well, uh, about with cellulitis, Okay. Uh, I broke a fingernail and uh, I developed cellulitis.
0: Okay, now what is that for? Uh, uh, so it's an
1: infection. Okay. Okay, and for me, having a nursing background, um, I saw the red spots on my arm, and so I went to urgent care, and the doctor told me that I had been bitten by a spider. Hmm. And um, But he didn't say anything about the lymphedema at all. He just said, you know, take this. It was over the counter. Um, and I went back, and I saw another doctor who said you have cellulitis, and it's a good thing you came in today because one more day and you'd be in the hospital. And Mm -hmm. then there's a chance that you might get sepsis or something like that. So that was pretty scary. Gave me two shots in the butt. And, um, you know, from that point forward, I want to say, was a trigger where my hand just never went, never, it just got bigger. Mm -hmm. It was ultimately about six inches in diameter, I want to say, before I uh, got treated.
0: So what led into the treatment? Like, How did you go from this point now to actually proper treatments for this?
1: I woke up one morning, and I couldn't get out of bed. And my arm was on fire, and I had this awful pounding headache. I wanted to drink water, and I couldn't swallow. I was terrified. I thought I was dying. And um, a friend of mine, a business colleague, had handed me this business card, I want to say maybe a few weeks before, for a place called Lymphatic Center of Las Vegas. That's what it was. And um, I put it aside, never looked at it again. But that morning, I picked up the card. I found it, rather, and I picked it up, and I called them, and I said, can you help me? I need help. I don't have insurance, but I need help. And they told me to come in, and that was November first, two 2009. Okay,
0: So that was a, quite a long period of time. Now. Absolutely. I've that.
1: had lymphedema now for over 30 years. Wow.
0: So mm-hmm. once you got into this treatment mm-hmm. and um, started actually working on this, what were what was the treatment plan that you followed?
1: Well, you know, one of the things, and I'll echo what I heard earlier from Do, um, Coach Christina, said, when I walked in there, I felt safe. Okay. The staff there was very friendly, very caring and nurturing. And when Dr. Hodney walked in the room and he saw me, he says, you have lymphedema. Um, I told him about the 17 lymph nodes in the right side and that they'd only taken three on the left side the second time I had breast cancer. I said, well, they only took three on the, sec- on the, on, on the left side, so I won't get lymphedema. And he goes, okay. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can only deal with one thing at a time, so let's just deal with this. And so um, he explained uh, MLD to me, um, and my first uh, massage was given by Carlotta. And I was thinking to myself, how is this going to work? MLD
0: is manual. Manual
1: lymphatic lymphatic drainage massage. And I just didn't figure out how it was going to work. But they did that. And then they put gauze on my arm and hand. And they wrapped me all this padding. (laughs) It was pretty heavy. And um, sent me off and told me to come back. Uh, That was on a Monday to come back on Wednesday. But by the time I got there on Wednesday, my bandages were falling off.
0: So you saw yeah. something immediately.
1: Oh, absolutely! In fact, I was very emotional about it. Okay. Um, they took my bandages off, and my hand almost looked normal.
0: So, when someone is first going into this treatment, mm-hmm. if they're swelled up like you're saying, yeah. they can see a pretty immediate. Oh, absolutely!
1: Change. Yes, absolutely. So, if no that's happening, be cool. We right. can, we can well, get yeah. something going here. Well, yeah. Except for someone, perhaps, who was maybe, and this is a totally different story. But if you have a primary lymphedema and you have this swelling, is never going to go down with wrapping like I just maintained the swelling but for me to see that difference and over almost overnight was I cried like a baby wow because I was just so happy I took pictures of me hugging my hand because it looked almost normal
0: so from the time that that follow-up visit happened Mm -hmm. where it was looking normal have you just followed that same course of treatment had you had a lot of flare-ups what was the? I didn't have any
1: more flare-ups um I did. I think it's six weeks that you have the treatment, but mine was longer because of, you know, how long I was, had it. Um, what I did notice was I lost weight okay. um, because you kind of pee it out a little bit. You do that. And um, I just felt that I had been rescued, in a sense, from something that um, was robbing me of, you know, my self-esteem okay right
0: so now that you're rolling forward with this that's the mm-hmm. same treatment you continue just MLD and MLD the wrapping and,
1: right until yeah. you get to the point point. and I I would they use the pump on me a couple of times okay. uh, but until I graduated from wrapping to um, the sleeve and I decided that I wanted to be a diva mm-hmm. and so lymphediva was the first sleeve that I got nice I was so happy I felt like being born again, for lack of a better description, but to put on that black sleeve and glove was like make, making me brand new. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: What was in this whole experience over 30 years? A lot of stuff here. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from all this about yourself or your journey? What would you share with the audience about that?
1: That I am bigger than anything that happens to me. Nice. I <laughs> am the queen. Survivor, right? <laughs> I am a survivor. I'm a warrior. I I spoke to someone yesterday who, um, had, who has lymphedema and what she shared with me resonated. I felt a fire burning in me once I found out that this was something that I was going to have to live with for the rest of my life, that there was no cure for it yet. And that if I stayed compliant and did the things that I should to take care of myself, that I could have a good quality of life.
0: So since you brought it up then for the study that you've done on the subject mm-hmm. and you're up to date on all the latest of everything, mm-hmm. do you foresee a cure of any kind in the future?
1: Um, You know, I do. Okay. Um, I am an LSAP, and I've been to uh, you know a couple of uh, the National Lymphedema Networks conferences, and that's an honor to be able to sit and listen to the many physicians and researchers around the world who are working to help folks with lymphedema. And I do really do feel deep inside my heart, at some point in the very near future, not the distant future, that there be there will be a cure for lymphedema,
0: or even a procedure going forward when they do the initial surgery that would mitigate some of that in the first place. Yeah.
1: Well, and they're doing some things now, you know, um, you have stem cell research, you have doctors who are doing lymph node transfers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's still hope. Nothing is completely lost. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So now if someone in the audience is listening and let's say they just got back from their doctor, they're freshly diagnosed, they're scared out of their mind. What advice would you give to someone who's in that position?
1: Um, I know you're scared, but, um, you're going to have to deal with it. And you know what you need to do? What I suggest you do is dig deep down inside of you and find that part of you that, um, is the scariest part of you and embrace that. And then understand that lymphedema does not own you. You're more than lymphedema and to own it and find a way. To help others. Um, advocacy is what has helped me with lymphedema. I mean, every time I look in the mirror and I look at my naked body, I see a fat arm. I don't see anything else. I mean, I probably have fat all over my body, but the fat that st- stands out to me is my arm. And I refuse to have it define me. So, I mean, I would suggest that someone, once you get past the scary part, because we all have to acknowledge our fears. Don't run away from it. Acknowledge it. just scares the heck out of me. But you know what? I'm bigger than this.
0: And for 30 years, you've been fighting. And you're a, a case in point that it's not the end of things, right? It's
1: not the end of things. I mean, I had uterine cancer a year ago. Yeah. And they did the robotic surgery. And I participated in a sentinel node dissection gynecologically. And so they took 10 lymph nodes. I measure my thighs because I still have to be concerned or less aware. Let's change that, aware of the possibility that I may develop lower extremity lymphedema. So just stay on top of it. So I would suggest also for someone brand new, uh, newly diagnosed with lymphedema, that you get all the information that you can on the condition.
0: And you're a a very big proponent of being your own advocate as well. Oh,
1: absolutely. No one can speak for me better than I can for, you know. So how would they approach that then? Well, you know, you go see your doctor. And much like uh, my sister Christine said in her interview is go prepared with information. Um, You're right. You know, there are doctors who don't know a lot about lymphedema. And you can be the catalyst to helping them know more about patients who walk into their door. Mm -hmm. um go inform and you should do that anyway (laughs) doctors are human they have bad days (laughs) you know they're not taught everything that they should know in medical school and that's changing too i would hope so
0: for that person in the audience or anyone else that would like to maybe reach out ask you some follow up questions Mm
1: -hmm. or get more of an insight
0: where can people reach you
1: find me all over the internet (laughs) i'm the social media queen i'm on facebook um that's mscjay on facebook I'm on Twitter, a, at M-S-C-J-A-Y at Twitter. And if you want to send me an email, you can do that at Ms. M-S-C-J-A-Y at mavens.com. Awesome.
0: And um, as we're wrapping up here, your thoughts on the Lymphedema Mavens program that you've been a part of, the uh, work that it's doing, and the future of the show. What do you think?
1: First of all, I am deeply Deeply, deeply great, grateful for Christine. Um, walked past her in that waiting room, and she asked me about my sleeve, and I said, yes, it's a lymphadiva." And then I received this phone call from her and asked me to do this podcast, and it changed my life. There are so many advocates out there who have changed my life and been inspirational uh, to me. But Christine's um, asking me to be her co-host and introducing her to me, introducing me to you uh, and doing this for now for five years is really my biggest passion. I love doing this show. I love promoting it. I love being the source of, you know, information or inspiration to anyone out there, not just with lymphedema, but lipedema and breast cancer. Any, and demo, like whatsoever. Any <laughs> demo whatsoever, whatever ails you. It's we the, got you <laughs> it's the diva versus the dima <laughs> this is just wonderful you know i have a friend who's been in broadcasting for 30 years who used to tell me you should be on the radio you and, go, right and then when i have this opportunity to do this and i put this headset on and i sit in front of this mic and it's all energy i love it i'm very grateful
0: what's the future where do you see this thing going
1: I'm not going to say the sky's the limit because why are we limiting ourselves to the sky? You know what I'm saying? I think that the lymphedema mavens are just got, we're, we're getting ready to uh, build upon what we already have. And um, I see greatness for us in the near future. There's so many things that we can do here legislatively, right here in our own community. And believe you, me, when I tell you that they know who the mavens are in Las Vegas.
0: So um, as we're wrapping up our interview today, we've uh, 30 years of ups, downs, all arounds, little of everything. What yeah. final thought would you like to leave with the
1: listening audience? I love you. And I appreciate you. And you're stronger than anything that can ever possibly come into your life. And I wish that you have all the happiness that you deserve
0: and there you have it Miss CJ thanks for sitting with me today and for doing this interview it's uh, been a pleasure we're going to get this out to the audience and listeners to the Maven shows the Mavenites out there we thank you as always for being a part of the Maven's broadcast the Facebook live feeds that we do the questions with the doctors all the cool stuff we have going on we're going to continue rolling down the road here with the Maven show this is producer Million I guess I got to give the mic back to the ladies now so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the Lymphedema Maven's program